This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. All right, today we're talking about climbing. Why? Because climbing is often the bane of every cyclist's existence. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying how it is because I will say as a coach, climbing or getting better at climbing or becoming a more powerful climber is perhaps one of the top reasons people reach out to me when it comes to learning how to ride or learning how to improve some facet of their mountain biking repertoire. It is usually around climbing because all too often people just kind of gas out, fart out, you know, just tap out on the climbs. And again, you know, I think something that's important to keep in mind is that you have to remember that what goes up usually must come down. So after that big ass climb, you likely have an amazing descent coming up. And I think if we can just channel that and keep that in mind that, Hey, in order to have a little bit of the fun meter to go up a little bit, then we got to work and we got to put in those laps and, and put in the effort to get up that climb. But again, I don't want climbs to be miserable. Uh, if you know me, you do actually know that I like to climb or I did at some point. I will say my climbing hasn't been the same since I tore my quad last year. Um, I just haven't really put in the effort yet, but I actually just started this past week doing some more intervals and some sweet spot training and things like that because I do want to put some intention behind my climbing. And, you know, I am a weirdo. I do actually love to climb. I love, I just love climbing. Uh, there's something about it, you know, even yesterday on a group ride, I don't know. I just kind of had a little bit of a fire under my ass on the flats. I was just like, okay, you know, whatever flats are just kind of repetitive and boring and remind me honestly of North Carolina. When I used to ride my road bike out there, it was just, it can be hilly. Sure. But I mean, compared to here in Colorado, there's no, there's no comparison. Um, but it's very flat and I've done, especially out there, a lot of beach riding. So a lot of coastal riding especially for the multiple sclerosis society and things like that. Um, and you know, it just gets repetitive. It's windy. I just don't feel the need or love to just tuck in and get into, uh, my crouching position in order to withstand the undoubtedly windy terrain that we have on the coast of North Carolina. I would much rather just climb up a hill at least now. I mean, maybe not right this second, you know, but mentally I do love a hard climb. Uh, I love going uphill at Vail, you know, I, I just, I love that stuff. Again, I've gotten out of it the past couple of years, especially since last year with tearing my quad, but I'm getting back into it. And it's just to show you that, yeah, you can actually enjoy the climb. And I think that, you know, today's episode, the purpose of today's episode is really just to give you some basic focal points to keep in mind for when you are hitting a climb, because I want you to have this skill set and this mindset that's very empowering and will just make you feel so much better when it comes to hitting the climbs. Now, your focus on climbs should be to ultimately to stay relaxed, preferably in an optimal position and finding a good rhythm or cadence that you can sustain in both your pedals and your breathing 
and also to have a good mindset, which is something that I hinted on just a moment ago. And in today's episode, I'm going to explain how to do just this. All right, you ready? Let's dive in. All right, first things first, we're going to talk about mindset because it all starts in the space between your ears. All right, that gray matter, that is, it, it matters. <laughs> uh, if you hate climbing and think that this climb is going to suck, oh, this is stupid, oh, this is the part of the ride that I hate, blah, 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 guess what? Yeah, the climb is going to suck. The ride is going to suck because you're just not going to enjoy it because you're already giving those words power and those thoughts power when you can actually shift it a little bit. Instead, think of it as an, as a challenge that you're fully capable of charging up against. Stop thinking about how the climb will just, I don't know, will, will eat you up and spit you out. Hell no. You got this hell of a climb. You need to own it. You will own it. You need to mantra up. And I'm going to tell you how to do this with some ideas here in a minute. But I want you to embrace the climb. I mean, hell, you're outside on your bike. So channel that happiness of you being outside on your bike and not indoors on a trainer or doing something else and, and channel that happiness over the drudgery. All right. We need to make this shift here. Now there are a few, few ideas that I have to help, but I'm going to give you a couple. First things first, you know, when I was a roadie, our thing, uh, with road cycling is you want to break up your hundred mile ride in increments. You know, you want to break up even your one mile segment that you see out ahead of you, especially if you're in North Carolina coastal section where you can see endlessly into the horizon, but you want to break that up into segments. Like you want to break it up with the street sign, with the intersection that you're getting ready to pass with this palm tree or whatever tree or terrain that you're on or with this rock. You want to apply your, this road cycling, cycling mentality to your mountain biking, you know, and a way to do that is Great. You're still out in nature, just like you are with road cycling, but your terrain looks a little bit different. So look at the next rock, look at the next tree, look at the next little inclination that kind of maybe goes into a steeper section on these climbs. Break the climbs up mentally and visually into these little segments and just try to get through each segment at a time. Instead of looking all the way up to the end of the climb and keep looking up there and just thinking, oh man, it's still so far away. I mean, what, what good, what positivity is that type of thinking doing for you versus, oh man, look, I only have this much further to go or, oh, I, you know, just get to that rock, just get to that rock, just get to that tree, so on and so forth. Right? So there's a big difference between that mindset comparison here and don't fall into that trap of, thinking about how much further you have to go and, uh, again, drudgery versus happiness. Remember you're outside on a goddamn bike, like have fun with it, but break up the climb. The other idea that I have is, um, imagine like a a little machine or maybe your fast climbing buddy in front of you and they have a winch, like a cable, you know, with a little winch, a little like hook that'll hook around your bike, Right. It'll hook on your handlebars or whatever, and it will help pull you up. So imagine them ahead of you or this machine ahead of you, and they have this little winch and you're going to attach that winch to your bike and they're going to help you get up this climb. The power is in the imagination. Your brain is so freaking powerful and we don't 
utilize it to its full capacity when it comes to imagining things and visualizing things. The power of visualization is astounding and you want to be able to use it to your advantage. So this is just one idea. I know it's kind of cheesy, but it works, you know, like make sure that just imagine someone in front of you having a cable and they're, they're pulling you up. You'll be amazed at how much easier it can actually make the climb feel. I dare you to try it. All right. Another idea is uh, focus on your pedal stroke, which we'll talk about in a moment when we t- when we touch upon you know cadence and things like that. But imagine pedaling in complete circles in order to keep the pressure constant on your pedal stroke, and and this also helps to optimize your power output a little bit better, which is really important, especially when you are climbing and getting over like you know trying to use some power to get over some obstacles that you might encounter and things like that. All right, so that's the first thing is mindset. Mindset is everything. Use visualization to your advantage. I did an episode eons ago, I think at the beginning of this this podcast. So, oh my God, I wonder what it sounds like now in retrospect. It's on visualization. I'm going to link it in the show notes. I'm, I might regret that decision now that I think about it, but I, I just wrote, dawned on me that I did this on visualization. I would love for you to listen to that podcast episode. Please keep in mind it's early on when I was still getting comfortable talking into a damn mic. Okay. All right. Second thing that you can focus on with climbing is relaxing into a great body position. All right. Now a stiff body isn't really going to help on the climb and it could even cause some unnecessary tension and just make you feel like you're draining your energy battery, like even more. All right. Because you're just tense. No one like who wants to be around a tense individual? Not really anyone, right? You want to be relaxed. If you stay loose, then your body can also handle the terrain better. If there are some rocks and things like that, because hey, we are mountain biking. All right. Um, so unclench your jaw. <laughs> That's usually my first suggestion is just to unclench your jaw. You know, make sure your jaw is nice and loose. Make sure your shoulders aren't shrugged up to your ears. All right. Keep them nice and relaxed down and back. And then wiggle your fingers a little bit to prevent you from having a death grip on the handlebar the whole time. All right. I know, I know, especially if you're like just trying to grin and bear it through this climb, you might end up having a little bit more of a death grip on the handlebar. Loosen up, especially if the terrain isn't really extremely rocky or filled with obstacles, then great. You can loosen your grip just a little bit. Now, the thing here too you're going to hate me for saying this, but it also goes hand in hand with the mindset piece that I just shared a moment ago. Smile, you know, and I know it sounds awful. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like, Hey, you should smile more. I'm not trying to sound like a douche that's saying something like that. Instead, I'm just saying smile. It'll help relax your facial muscles. It will help unclench your jaw. It will actually trick you into thinking that you're really enjoying what you're doing. And who knows, maybe you are actually starting to enjoy climbs at this point. You never know. But when the climb gets real, when it gets, when it gets fucking real smile, whether it's a sinister smile or not, but smile and acknowledge that you will crush it. All right. Again, going back into that mindset piece, Hey, mindset, relax into a great body position. Great. We're on a roll here. The third thing is to stay seated, stay seated with the saddle, preferably all the way up and if you do have a rear suspension, you can go ahead and lock it out, especially if you do notice that your rear suspension might give a little bit as you're climbing up. If you, you know, don't have a hard tail and things like that, 
And of course, there's always going to be that argument that, oh, well, hardtails will actually throw you around a little bit more. Uh, current technology and rear suspension doesn't require you to lock it out, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. If you feel more comfortable and you feel more powerful with your rear suspension locked out, then lock it out. Like, I'm not going to sit here and listen to an expert tell me, well, no, actually the current, you know, suspension is fine, with, especially if you have an infinity link, blah, blah, blah. No, just lock it out or at least put it in the middle. Just don't have it all the way open because I will say like I can see my friends when I'm behind them or I can feel it on myself when we're climbing up a hill. And yeah, I can see the, the rear suspension getting out, you know, so it is a real thing. It is a waste of energy. It can be a waste of energy. So, you know, until we figure out a suspension that will actually get, get generate power into your bike, which generally might be like considered an e-bike, but if you can have the rear suspension give and generate power into the bike somehow, <laughs> then great. You know, until that happens, fine. Hopefully there's an engineer or engineered, uh, that's working on that. And I say engineered very lovingly. I have many engineers in my life who I love. Um, but yeah, until they can figure out how to do that, then great. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and lock it out or at least put my rear suspension in the middle. All right. All right. Um, but yeah, stay seated, you know, with the saddle all the way up, rear suspension locked out or almost locked out to save your energy. Stay relaxed again with the shoulders down. But here's the thing, because a lot of people will say, oh, you should climb with your chest up. Hmm, not always. And actually, this is something that we learn in mountain bike coaching clinics in, in just mountain bike coaching certification programs is your chest shouldn't necessarily be up. So your chest should be open. There's a big difference between up and open. The more that you're up right on your bike, that's going to change your general geometry over the bike. And it's going to change your center of gravity rather over the bike. That could in turn have you lose a little bit of traction, especially in your front wheel, because you're, you're up, you're trying to have your chest up instead, have your chest open, you know, try not to scrunch forward and round your shoulders forward and like hunch over your your bike, like the hunchback of Notre Dame, nothing like that. All right. Instead, again, you want to stay relaxed with your shoulders down, chest down actually. So you want to think kind of, um, chin or chest, you know, to your, uh, your handlebar stem. So sternum or chin to, to, to stem basically. All right. Depending on kind of where you are and how tall you are and things like that. But chest should be down but open. And again, not scrunched up in order to make breathing easier. And this in turn can make your back a little bit flatter and things like that. And it can just make breathing a lot easier. The whole mechanism of breathing, your diaphragm's more free to move. You're just going to feel a little bit less, um, uh, like you're in a hole, <laughs> you know, instead you're going to feel open and like you're able to take a nice deep breath. Another thing to aim for is aim to keep your wrists fairly neutral and down, you know, to, to, this, this helps relax your shoulders and your upper body a little bit more. And another tip is to actively pull back on the handlebars, not up. I didn't say pull up on the handlebars, but pull back, pull back and kind of not, not down, but like pull back towards you, all right, towards your body. And that can actually help to increase your overall traction on the bike and the train. Now, if the terrain is not bumpy, then you can also opt to rest your thumb on top of your handlebar. And this can allow for just a, a more relaxing grip, like I talked about earlier. And then also it can help you save just a little bit more energy. And hey, during a climb, you want to save as much energy as you can, okay? Now, as the steepness of your climb 
increases, then you can slide your bum a little bit forward in the saddle. So kind of put your, push your hips forward. All right. And you're actively going to slide your butt a little bit up on the saddle towards kind of towards the tip of the saddle. All right. And maybe not all the way at the tip of the saddle, but still, you know, the nose of the saddle is not really where you want to necessarily have your butt, but you're going to kind of feel, (laughs) there's no other way to say this. And I think I've even said this on a, a previous episode. The saddle will basically feel like it's getting a little inappropriate with you. But that means you're in the sweet spot, okay? You know, so you want that nose of the saddle. You want to be a little bit more up onto the nose of the saddle. Again, not your butt on the nose of the saddle because then that's just going to be uncomfortable. The nose of the saddle is going to be like in your butt and that's not going to be very comfortable. I mean, unless you're into that kind of thing. But just sliding that butt a little bit more forward or your hips, I should say, a little bit more forward in the saddle can help with the maintenance of traction on your front wheel because again you're changing that center of gravity all right and this is all too often something i see that's missed because people want to sit back and stay back on their saddle but they can actually use that to their advantage and just kind of slide forward a little bit get a little inappropriate with your saddle and you might find the sweet spot is right there i dare you on your next ride and next climb to to try this and experiment with it a little bit get the saddle in in that that spot and you'll see what I'm talking about when you when you slide forward a little bit and it is such a sweet spot when it comes to climbing all right okay enough about saddles being inappropriate with you <laughs> but we're still talking about posture all right we're still talking about you know staying seated and things like that now if it's a fairly technical climb I'm going to go ahead and expand on this then you may need to lower the seat just a little bit. So I know I just said, oh yeah, saddles all the way up, seats all the way up if you have a dropper post. I know not everyone has dropper post, but I'm, I'm trying to cater to all listeners, cater to everybody. But if it is fairly technical, it does help to have the seat lowered slightly, especially for more petite climbers, more petite uh, individuals like myself. I do need to move that saddle down just a little bit. And we're talking like just an inch or two, like if even. Um, and that's only because it helps you move your body dynamically around the bike in order to get up and over these obstacles. Now, also, if you just want to break up the seated position on your climb, especially if it's a longer duration climb, like you're going up a fire road, you're, I don't know, you're climbing your bike up Vale Mountain here in Colorado, whatever it is, right? If it's a longer climb and and also, you know, so if you want to break up the seated position on a longer climb, or if the climb becomes really steep and you need to maintain traction a little bit better then sometimes standing up and climbing when needed is, is ideal. All right. The key here is though, to be sure to gear down about one to two gears just to help keep your cadence steady and not jumpy because then when you know it, before you know it, you're going to get up off the saddle. You're going to get into a climbing position, standing climbing position, and then your pedals are going to be like going all which ways. And you're like, oh shit, I just lost traction. Now I don't have my cadence right. So before you get up off the saddle, go ahead, you know, just downshift one to two, try not to put much pressure, you know, obviously time that pedal stroke. That way you're not putting too much strain on the chain unless you have the new like SRAM Eagle transmission, which is, I might need to just do a whole podcast episode on that. Um, that was just dropped like a week, uh, actually just a couple days ago. Um, so yeah, big news over here, but anyways, you know, you don't want to break a chain. All right. So 
make sure you gear down, put your tension down, tension on the pedals just right. And then that can help your cadence stay steady and not like jumpy all over the place. Because, because another thing to keep in mind is standing on your bike, it does take more energy. All right. From you. And you might need to, to lower your cadence a little bit if your heart rate and your breathing becomes a little uncontrolled as you're standing. And that's okay. That is totally okay. Well, we're going to talk about breathing and, and cadence here in a moment. But the focus here is just try to focus on a smooth pedal stroke so your bike's your bike basically maintains better traction on the climb. All right? All right. All right. Number four. We're, we're just going all in here. Find a good rhythm for your breath. Breathing is important, friend. You have to do it. You have to do it, especially when you're doing any type of extracurricular activity, some sort of fitness, getting your fitness on. You got to breathe effectively. Yes, you're climbing. I get that. You're going to be fairly out of breath, especially if you don't control your breathing. But that doesn't mean that you need to be panting or having difficulty catching your breath, even though you're climbing. I think all too often we let our breath dictate you know, how we are and who we are, and we can actually control our breathing. All right. Sometimes we think we think it's, it's because it's, it's automatic. You know, we think that we just don't have control over it, but we do. All right. I really want to empower you. Now I do understand that's that this may be different for folks with asthma or VCD like me, uh, vocal cord dysfunction for those of you who haven't been listening a long time. So please know that this is said with care in acknowledging that we're not all the same biologically and anatomically, okay? But please know that even with asthma and BCD, you can work, especially if you do have the right medications and the right breath work and and the right tools, you can use your breath to your favor, okay? And sometimes I also think that the idea and the acknowledgement of you knowing your diagnosis of asthma or VCD or other breathing issues doesn't help you any, all right? It really doesn't because again, mindset, it's so important and sometimes we become our disease instead of allowing us to just coexist with a disease or a diagnosis, okay? So that being said, please know, I acknowledge folks who have asthma, VCD and other breathing issues. Um, you know, hell, I have a, a a couple people in my circle who have long COVID. And it's one of those situations that we need to acknowledge that. But let's try to work our body in our favor and just see what we're capable of controlling. Please know when it comes to breath work and breathing and controlling your breathing, it's not going to be one and done. Like you're not going to just do it once and be like, oh, I'm a master. I know what to do now. No, man, it's, you've got to put in the reps. You have to put in the practice, all right? Just like bike skills practice, you have to put in the breath work practice and everything else, okay? So all of that to said, um, just because I want, you know, as someone who has VCD, like I want to acknowledge that, hey, we don't all breathe the same, but try to breathe slower and deeper as you climb. You know, maybe even try to match the rhythm of your breath with your pedal stroke, aiming to breathe once every other or even every pedal stroke, depending on the cadence, okay? Focus on extending your exhalation just a little bit more than your inhalation because that can help you stay relaxed. It can also help do other things on the biological cellular level that I won't really talk about, but it can help relax you, all right? 
it takes practice. Believe me. Um, and I say this, I say this just because I know what that anxiety feels like when you can't catch your breath, excuse me, or you feel like you can't control your breath and you're feeling so winded and you're sounding like, (laughs) like that's a very easy thing for me to mimic because my vocal cord is very easy to close, (laughs) you know? But if you're sounding like that, sometimes it does help to get checked out. Please go see a physician who specializes in this. If you're in the Denver area, please try to go to National Jewish Hospital. It is the number one respiratory hospital in the nation here in the U.S. If you're abroad, try to find a local respiratory specialist. If you are living in a state other than Colorado, there's generally going to be specialists for breathing disorders. Something to think about too is also, you know, if someone is a specialist in asthma and VCD, all right, because those are two separate things, two separate diagnoses, it can help to just know that you're going to someone who actually knows what the hell you're talking about and isn't going to just misdiagnose you and give you a blanket diagnosis of asthma like they gave me for years. All right. Okay. So find a good rhythm for your breath, whatever that is for you. Again, you know, like a breath, every pedal stroke or every other would be great. Number five here. All right. Cadence, cadence, find an optimal cadence for the distance of the climb ahead. That's matched to your ability to sustain it. All right. Try not to push yourself too much unless that is the intention that you, you do want to push it a little bit more. Um, but don't hammer it if you know that you can't sustain it for most, if not all of the climb, since that can risk you just, it can risk you tiring out more easily before the climb is even done. Right. And then that's just going to add into that cyclical mindset of you hating climbing. Right. So we're trying to get away from that, but usually between about 60 to 90 RPMs is ideal for a pedal cadence. All right. And to give you an idea, that's about a pedal stroke or one and a half strokes once every second or so. All right. And no, please no, 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 no. Mashing your pedals at like 40 to 50 RPM or less, who knows, in a harder gear is not going to help you climb better. So please get into an easier gear. Doing that hard mash and a hard gear, it'll just freaking exhaust you. So try to not do that. But you also don't want to be bouncing on your saddle or, or your suspension even, since that can also suck the energy out of you and just waste energy that you're expending on the bike. So there is a happy medium. And generally speaking, the happy medium is between 16 and 90 RPMs. And I will say higher on that scale, closer to 80 to 90 RPMs is better, especially with climbing. So I'm going to go ahead and add to this. Pedaling at a higher cadence when climbing, that's a skill in itself. All right, I'm going to say it again, pedaling at a higher cadence, so closer to the 80, 90 RPM range when you're climbing is a skill in itself. I'm actually working on this with a couple of my clients, my one-on-one clients, because it is a very frustrating thing. All right. Even for me, like yesterday, as I'm getting back into climbing and things like that, man, you know, sometimes like I have to remind myself like, Jen, you just got to spin faster. And as soon as I start spinning faster, if I can just get through those first few seconds, then I'm better. As soon as your legs start to burn, when you're starting to try and practice going at a higher cadence on the climbs, it is so easy when those legs start to burn or you start to feel gassed, it's so easy to want to ease up on the pedals and just just slog uphill, all right? But please, friend, 
fight the urge to do this. Instead, try pedaling just a little bit faster for a few seconds and see how much better it feels. After about usually like five to 10 seconds, sometimes longer for some people, your legs stop screaming at the lactate and it's not lactic acid. That's a whole myth. I can link that in the show notes, but it's, you know, the lactate buildup, hydrogen buildup. Um, once you get through that little period of time, your legs, you know, they will eventually stop screaming and you realize that you can actually pedal faster and maintain traction all while crushing the climb. All right. This is the hardest part with climbing is learning how to let your legs handle the faster cadence climbs, but it is so worth it to train that and to get as, as good as you can at that. All right. What I usually recommend is some drills, you know, like once a week doing faster cadence intervals drills for about four to six weeks. It doesn't have to be anything crazy or wild, you know, 30 minutes or so warm up for five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you need. You know, if you're a diesel engine, you might need to be a warm up closer to 10, 15 minutes, whatever. And then just choose to do like 10 minutes, every minute on the minute, climb at a faster cadence for, you know, the first 30 seconds and then go back down to like a regular unwind cadence. Okay. Just whatever it is. I mean, there's so many options out there, but practice pedaling at a faster cadence in a climbing gear. All right. Last, but certainly not least is to eat, please, for the love of all that is holy eat. Um, don't deny yourself it's bike season right now. Now's not the time to really cut or try to lose massive amounts of weight or anything like that. Okay. Right now you're in performance season. If you want to lose weight, quote unquote, or body fat or things like that, then try to do it during the winter, which I know it's not ideal for anyone because holidays, weddings, getting together with family, friends, I'm indoors. I get it, but it's also a great time because then you're, you're, you're biking a little bit less. So you, you might be able to eat a little bit less too, but Right now, for the sake of performance and the sake of performing well in climbs, try to eat. Don't deny yourself a food. Basically, you want to aim you want to aim to eat a balanced meal about two to three hours before your actual ride. All right. And then a, a quicker carb snack about 30 to 60 minutes before. Again, I'm giving you a range because everyone's different. You know, for me, I'm okay having a dinner or a breakfast rather two hours before my ride. And then I have like maybe a quick carb snack, you know, 30 minutes out. It's just something easy like cereal or, or something. Then keep eating. This is the important part. So go into your ride fueled, but then keep eating every 30 to 60 minutes while you're on the bike. The goal here is you want to aim to replace at least 40 to 50% of the calories that you're burning on average per hour on the bike in mostly carbohydrates. Okay. At least 40 to 50%. So if you're wearing a smartwatch, uh, you know, Wahoo, Garmin, Apple watch, whatever, just check in to see what the carb burn is on average in your bike ride. And then that will give you an idea on hourly, you know, what you're burning and what you should maybe eat again, 40, 40 to 50% at a minimum, usually for most people. Now I will go ahead and acknowledge that not everyone can handle eating sometimes two to 300 to 500 calories in an hour. And I get that, but your stomach is like a muscle. You need to train that muscle. You need to train your stomach to actually withstand in, you know, bringing in food, taking in food. And if it's difficult for you to take in food, then great. Try to do some liquid or gels or something that's a little bit easier. 
Now, I also understand that these things are going to be a little bit higher in sugars. Some things can upset people in their stomach. I get that. It can cause a gut bomb for a lot of people. Again, your stomach is like a muscle. It needs to train. It needs to put in the reps. It needs to practice. However, there are a couple of other tips too. Real big one that I'm super keen on is, you know, if you're drinking scratch super fuel or you're drinking electrolytes or something like that, and that is part of your refueling plan for the hour, great. Swish it in your mouth just a little bit. Start to have the breakdown in the saliva in your mouth, right? The amylase is this substance in your saliva that can actually help promote digestion early on before you even swallow, all right? So swish it a couple times in your mouth. Same thing with gels and things like that. Great. You're starting to digest it. You're, you're going to give yourself a little bit of a less, lower risk of, of having a gut catastrophe, all right? But if you're like curious, like, okay, 40 to 50% of the calories that you burn hourly and consuming that every hour, I will say this is generally, if it needs to be mostly carbs, which it should be, this is generally at least 30 to 60 grams of carbs per hour if that gives you a little bit of an idea. But I will go ahead and say some of the more higher level, professional level athletes that, I, that I've worked with over the years, they're getting you know as high as 200 grams, sometimes even more, per hour. You know, But I will say on average, usually about 150 to 220 grams per hour of carbs. Again, they didn't start off at that. We started them off at 30, 60 grams an hour. Great. If they're doing intervals, we're getting them up to like closer to 90 grams per hour of carbs, sometimes even 100, 120. And then they're building from there. So you don't start at, you know, at 200 grams of carbs per hour because man, a lot of people can't stand or can't take in that much food and that much fuel. All right. So please know that there is this little bit of a balance here. You want to start low and then increase on that. Now, I will go ahead and say, if you're an athlete who might be leaner or more muscular, you might require a little bit more carbohydrates because of that. And also, the more intense the weather, the more intense the elements outside, whether it's high heat, high coolness, snow, rain, sleet, wind, whatever, and the more intense your workout. So if you do have intervals or something like that, then the more carbs you will need. So you're going to need higher on that scale. You're going to need closer to like the 200 gram mark. If you fall into all those categories, if you're lean, if you're more muscular, if you're highly intense, if you're highly trained, then yeah, you know, that is, that is the time that you're going to be needing to, to refuel a little bit more on the higher end of that spectrum. Now, another thing here, and this is the bonus, and this is the last bit of here, uh, what I have to share here is that you can use the climbs as a time to catch up on your fueling and drinking since you're going slower and likely you, you likely have less obstacles to go over. So have some snack bags pre-opened, have things ready to grab and eat, you know, get used to having them kind of readily available for you to, to utilize. Okay. All right. That's all for today, fam. And I am so grateful that you joined me for today's episode. Please, please, if this was helpful for you, I would love it if you shared it and tagged me at Shift Human Performance. Subscribe also to the podcast so you never miss an episode and rate it, especially if you find it's five stars or above. I would love that. That's the only way I can grow this little dream into something that can help more people. All right, many hugs and high fives to you. I hope you have a beautiful day. Bye, friends.